Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Never thought about dipping into it. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. And they give it to the main man, and that's Cook, and he takes it in on a fourth and goal on the final play. The five receivers. You got Prescott, you look to the outside, and it's broken up! Kendricks breaks it up with 40 seconds, so they're going to turn it over on down. Now third and goal. Cook is there. Instead, it's another pass, and this is caught by Rudolph for the touchdown. Gary has been tremendous. Uh, it's probably the best thing that's ever happened to me since I've been here. Uh, he's very smart. I talk to him a lot about you know what they what he's done as as a head coach. Uh, we talk a lot about offensive and defensive football. Um, I just love his demeanor and uh, the way that he and Kevin can communicate during during the games and uh, also uh, during the weekend games. Yeah, Mike Zimmer glowing about Gary Kubiak, Mackie and Judd with Rami, Score North, Score North. That was app. sweet. It was very nice. That was yeah. sweet. In fact. <laughs> Uh, in fact, like, Alex Boone is going to hang Aww. out with us here. Alex Boone, uh, part of Purple Daily on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Who have who in your football life? Oh, I was going to ask him this. Do you what? think great minds think alike? <laughs> who in your football life, Alex? Do you think of in the way that Mike Zimmer thinks of Gary gra- Kubiak? Who was the greatest thing that ever happened to you in your football life? All right, I'm going to give you this guy's name, and not a lot of people are going to know who he is. There's actually a few guys, but I'm going to give this one guy a lot of credit, and uh, it was Jonathan Goodwin, and when I was playing. He taught me so much about this game and defenses and coverages and everything that really was like, he was the one that was like, dude, this is why you have to kill it or this is why you have to make him the mic now. And it was like, oh my God, it makes total sense. Like he just knew how to talk stupid, but make it really <laughs> smart. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right in on this show. Then. <laughs> dude, it was great. And so like, we would break down a defense and he'd be like, hey, listen, if my head's between my legs and this look shows up, you need to let me know. And I'd be like, okay. And then, you know, it turned out to where things like I started killing plays and he was like, he'd have total confidence in me. I'd be like, John, we got to kill this. He'd be like, kill it. I'd be like, oh my God, am I going to get in trouble? Uh, like, you never know who's going to like go down for it. You know, like who's going to take the blame. And that was another thing was he was always great about it. in the room. He's like, listen, it's my, my line. It's my fault. And if something went wrong, miscommunication, it's my fault. If something wasn't said loud enough, it's my fault. And it, you know, I respected yeah. that manhood of him like that. Okay. Uh, same question. We never played football at a high level in this room, but just yeah. like in our careers, Judd Zolget, who would you speak uh, in the way that Mike Zimmer speaks of Gary Kubiak, as an 
adult now? Probably nobody. <laughs> um, but but, but, but like, as you far, can't look back on your as life? far as an influence. Mike Zimmer's an adult. What do you mean? No, right. But he he's saying since he got here in 2014 that this is the greatest thing. Yeah, I would have to go part, farther back than that. I would say like a person who is mentored or taught because that's what I would default to. I'd probably say. Royce, I would too. For me personally, but but that's not that's not somebody who came along in my adult life and you know 2014 and changed things for me. Yeah, like he's talking about. I've never heard Mike gush like that. He's gushing about this guy. Yes, I would actually. I would say a combination of of Royce having done a show with him for four years and Tom Pelissero, who's now at NFL Network Ooh. and killing it. Hmm. Tom and I were worked very closely together for a few years. I mean, I can answer the question, but you don't know those people. That'd be a waste of everybody's time. <laughs> who? Who? <laughs> so you're just not. I, I, I mean, Alex, like that, Alex threw a guy out that no one cares about. No, I, I, like I love that. him to death, and I gave him a lot of credit when I came here from Milwaukee. But like, I'm serious. Like, I'll give you the names: Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. He was my former co-host, okay. and he's the assistant Follow program director at the Fan in Milwaukee. And he was the first guy who kind of saw something on me and started putting me on the air when I was just like a board op. And, uh, like, he would just make fun of me the first few years he knew me. And then later on, he'd be like, dude, you're going to be a star. And he would say it, like, definitively. He would, like, he came to my comedy shows. We obviously worked together on the radio. And he'd be like, you're going to be a star. There's not a doubt in my mind. Boy. You are a star. He really whiffed on that one. (laughs) Well, quantify star. You're going to be really pretty nice at what you do. (laughs) How about that? And uh, my other co-host, Gary Ellerson, who played for the Packers in the 80s, and I call him, to this day, I call him my radio dad, because uh-huh. he always had a wise word, and if I needed a smack upside the head when I wasn't listening to those wise words, uh, he'd give that to me, too. So, Booney, who is the... Well, you guys are on that level? Oh, yeah. I call him Booney. Booney? Okay. Oh, yeah. It's a sports thing, man. Okay. One, Booney? I, I'm, I'm a hockey guy, so I always put attach a, Y. Put a y on the end of it. Two, he yeah. played pro sports, and you don't call people... So, Alex, um, oh, no, weird. what is the... Give, give me a player, and if you... Name names, that's great. But give me a player or a guy that you played with who didn't know something that every everybody knows. I, and I go back to, Favre told the story of early in his time in Green Bay. He asked Detmer, he's like, what's this nickel they're all talking about? Oh, and yeah. Detmer's like, are, are you serious, dude? And he's like, yeah, what's the nickel? So what's like the most rudimentary football thing that somebody asked you about? And you're like, I can't believe you don't know that. I mean, there, there's a lot of them. I mean, I think people, like, when they start to ask questions about, like, to me it was like, when what's the difference between a wide zone and a tight zone? You'd be like, dude, I don't know. A wide zone, you run really wide. A tight zone, it just kind of happens right there. Like, I don't, you know, just, they, they, there's so many people want so many specifics about a certain play, and you're like, dude, I don't know what, what to tell you. Like, that's the only way you can run it, like a power. They'd be like, why can't you run a power? Why can't you bounce a power? And you're like, well, then it becomes counter. And they're like, What's the difference? You're like, you just said it. What did I say? <laughs> I don't know. Apparently you weren't listening to yourself. You're an idiot. Like, I don't know. What do you want me to tell you? You keep answering the question, and I'm just giving it back. You know, it's like they ask you these questions over and over. So you're sure you can't bounce power? 200% sure. Power has to go in the A-gap. No for a fact. Oh, but what if? No, no, no. There are no what ifs. Like, it just drives me nuts. <laughs> All right. Since we're down this road, Mr. Boone, yes. was there a guy who never seemed to get it, like in the film room, he was always confused, like you were just describing, but was just such a freak 
He'd go out on the field yes. and just dominate. Yes, and I'm not going to name his name. I swear to God I'm not. But I'm going to tell you right now. Adrian Peterson. There was another guy I played with that was incredible. That when he would like, the way he played was just another level. And it was fierce. And it wasn't that he that he didn't try in the in the room. I think there was times that it just didn't like hit his brain right. But man, you got him on the field, and you were like, "Dude, I, I, I absolutely, I'll take him. I'll take him on my team any day of the week." And he just his he had a different type of passion for the game, and you could feel it from him though. And it was great to be around him. And it was one of those things where sometimes it was like, "Man, I don't need to be so cerebral. I can just do this naturally." And that was was fun for me to watch. So you guys, uh, in the last hour there of Purple Daily, two to four o'clock, right here on Score North, Score North app on demand anywhere you find podcasts. You guys had Ryan Harris on. Yep. Uh, Ryan Hare, Super Bowl champion, uh, offensive lineman from uh, Notre Dame, uh, mm. Minnesota. And he dropped one of the most amazing references, if you've read the book. So he brought up Phil Jackson's uh, 11 Rings is the book. And he brought up the five stages of tribal leadership. I want to read you, this is my question. I'm going to give you the five stages of uh, of tribal leadership. And I want you to tell me, Alex Boone and the room, uh, well, let's start with Alex Boone. Examples from your career, and you don't have to get you know, if you throw people under the bus if you want or don't. It's up to you. Um, of where you thought your various teams, including the one that went to the Super Bowl in San Francisco, fell in this in this pecking order. Okay, mm-hmm. so stage one: the members of the team or the tribe do not believe that greatness can be achieved. They don't believe in team cohesion or achieving any results as a group. They just don't see any point in trying. I can't say I've ever been there. Not in my radio career. No, no, no. I don't no. think that's pretty. There was a time that's where pretty hopeless. There was that's time pretty where, graphic too. There was yeah. time where I worked at a music <laughs> store and uh, corporate fired our manager and didn't hire a new one for three months. <laughs> and, we were, <laughs> and we were just that's we were different. Just, we were just a rogue group of of music well, store like workers fun, who yeah. had nobody telling us what to do or where to go. It was great. Okay, stage two. <laughs> stage stage two teams are a little bit more hopeful than that, but not not too much more. They have a cynical view towards improvement. They complain but offer no solutions, and since they're overwhelmed by the situation, they generally behave in reactive manners and dodge responsibility. That's pretty bad, too. Yeah, that's bad. Like That's, that's like end of the line. Hey, listen, guys, it's over. Building's blown up. We're, everyone's getting fired. Like I, I don't think I've ever seen that, ever. 2010 Vikings became that. Yeah, that's probably true. They became very much like that. Yeah. Uh, okay, stage three. Nobody appreciates what I do. This large cohort accounts for 50% of teams, according to uh, Phil Jackson's book. Team members compete against each other. Country right now. Team members can achieve. Oh, that's it out loud. Team members can achieve greatness, uh, but they but they only do it for their own personal gain. They've yet to see how working together can achieve a greater mission for the team. So it's all very much like a bunch. It's a bunch of Jimmy Butlers running around, basically. So I have a question though, when it comes to that, because I, you know, you're in these rooms, and yeah, you see when guys are sometimes doing it for their own self worth, whatever, and. To me, is that so bad, though? Because the best version of you makes the best version of this team, right? Like, if you're going out there and you want to catch those balls because you want to make $100 million, dude, whatever your reason is, whatever your why is, if it makes you the best you, isn't that the best thing for the team? Who cares what happens? That's what I've always thought. thought. You know what I think that depends on, though? Pro athlete. Coming from a football player, that makes sense because that makes more sense in football. I I think there are some sports in which that works and some sports in which that might not work. How? Hockey strikes me because if you go out in hockey and say, I want to score 50 goals and I want to be the best me, and the rest of the thing can sort of fall apart or can't, I don't really care. 
in in a, in a hockey room where things are closer and you play 82 games and travel together constantly, people turn on that player e- even if he's good. I don't think so this is where I will disagree with uh with that notion is I don't think it works in basketball. Like just We're a quick like aside, hockey. like yeah. like Kyrie Irving tries to score 40 points on his own every time he goes out. But he might take fifty shots to do it, and they and they and they lose, right? right? Like so, and if you're well, that, that's not being the best possible you though. Okay, you know what that's I'm saying? okay. Like, that's just being a selfish centered person. Like <laughs> if fair. you're going to take a fine people, line though, that's a no, fine no, line. No, it's not. Uh, this, the best you is the Michael Jordans. I'm taking full advantage. I'm being mm. the best me for this team. Dude, that is absolutely great. That's why I used to be like, I used to hate people when they're like, it's not one guy on the team. Yeah, but no, listen, if 11 guys go out there and selfishly all 11 guys are like, I'm going to play great because I want to make the Pro Bowl, guess what? Who cares if they make the Pro Bowl or not? There's a good chance those guys are going to have a good offense or defense or whatever it is because they're all playing. Your why should never really matter to anybody but you. And that's where I disagree with people because people have never been in the trenches and people have never had to go out and put themselves on a court like that in front of millions of people and practically embarrass themselves and be like, you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because I'm here because of whatever. I want to drive the Ferrari. I want the $100 million. I want the hot chick. I want to retire young. Whatever it is. Dude, if you're playing the best possible you and being the best you, what's so bad about that? But you do have to know and understand your role, don't you? Well, here's let me get to stage four because I think we're I think we're the, 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 Phil Jackson wants us to be having this discussion. Ah, stage four see, of tribal leadership. Okay, passing the ball, which means which Generating means dialogue, which means a team message of we're great and they're not. Proud of the team, the members compete with each other. Uh, with the members compete as one against other teams rather than competing against each other individually on the inside. And then stage five is we're so good and life is so great and we love the team so much that nothing else matters. And that would be like that would <laughs> yeah, be like the, like the Patriots and uh, the Golden State Warriors and we're just like literally doesn't matter who they're playing. They're just right. so good and cohesive. The Astros. So, oh, well, yeah, or they're just cheating. <laughs> you know what? Got to be wow. cheating to be, be trying to win championships, man. Patriots yep. cheated a lot. Got them a long ways. Yep. Where was where was your 49ers team that went to the Super Bowl on this uh, on this sliding scale? I mean, dude, I can tell you, I remember vividly, and, and this is a guy that I would love to get on our show, Randy Moss. I remember the first day he was there, and I remember just staring at him in the huddle because he stood across from me. And I remember looking at him, and I was like, man, that, that is every bit of Randy Moss. That sure is. And I remember just the way, like, the way he stood there and the way he was like, hey, man, listen. And all of a sudden, the entire practice just got quiet. And everybody was, like, listening. And he's like, listen, man, we're on a journey, all right? And it ain't about today. It ain't about tomorrow. It ain't about the next day. It's about Super Bowl, okay? And damn it, we're going there. And it was like, you know what? Everybody was like, yep, we're going. That's it. Done. Like, that moment took everybody. And he was like, I'm done. You're done. I can tell everybody here is pissed off. This is our year. We're going. And everybody instantly bought it. And you know what? A lot of it, too, was a lot of hard work. And it was a lot of Harbaugh pushing his finger down on us and being like, listen, man, we got to be tougher and harder and meaner. And you look to guys like that, and they were like, yeah. You got to We got to do this together. But you saw them doing the grind with you. And that's what made the young guys come around like, hey, man, if that dude is a Hall of Famer and he can do it, I want to be like that. I want to do it like him. And that is what, like, instantly the team was like, yes, anything to make this team succeed, I will do. And you saw guys buy in quickly. Football. Yeah. That guy, Booney. Boys. Alex Booney. Anybody got some shoulder pads? 
I'm ready to go. There's a wall right I'm there. I'm ready to go. go. You dude, go ahead, because I'm going to be sitting right here while you do. Exactly. I'll, and I'll, that's, dude, I'm telling you right now, we went to play the Patriots in December, and I remember Randy was like, listen, do not be fooled, right? Like this, the, He's like, listen, I get it. We're a tough team. They're a tough team. We think we're just going to steamroll them. He's like, that's not how it plays up there. And I remember going into that game thinking Randy had taught us so much, and they pulled the fire alarm on us at 4 in the morning, and uh, Randy was like, he's like, say, man. You see what they do to you? That, all right. Dude, I instantly was like, dude, Randy just pissed me off in a way that I've never. Because he was like he was like egging us on constantly. And he did it in the best manner to get the most out of you, which was awesome. Let's uh, let's definitely shoot that Randy Moss shot here sometime before the end of the football season. Man, for sure. I'll text him next week. If Booney was in the TCL broadcast studios, I'd headbutt him right now. Yeah. I'd headbutt, <laughs> I'd headbutt right you now. so hard, Rami. I right swear now. to God. Oh, man. I'm coming down. And then Rami would be dead, and that would be it. <laughs> This is going to wear off by the next time I Mackie see you. Judd, but it's right now. Booney. Back to Mackie and Judd again. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put Alex on the show. All right, Booney. We'll, 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 we'll talk to you later, man. See you. You guys are the best. Bye. All right. Uh, let's, uh, let's come back. Uh, we're going to go from uh, Alex Boone to Sage Rosenfels for oh, some Sage football, football wisdom, Just baby. football everywhere you look. We'll also get into later on Jayco to Rizzi. If you missed the news, Jayco to Rizzi agreed to a one-year $17.8 million contract to come back to the Twins. We'll talk about that. But we're football heavy here on this Thursday. And uh, it's powered in part by Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated here for you business owners out there to help you navigate those troubled waters that you just inevitably are going to run into as a business owner. You want that peace of mind. You want more than just a paper policy relationship with your insurance company. And Federated provides that with over a century of experience in helping business owners. Go to the website, federatedinsurance.com, to find out more about the industries Federated protects and to find out about your Federated marketing representative, Federated Insurance. It's our business to protect yours. Sage Rosenfels next. All right, Mackie and Jeb with Rami on Score North and the Score North app. And it's Thursday, which means Sage Football Wisdom, our journeyman quarterback friend, Sage Rosenfels, Vikings quarterback, in 2009 and part of 2010 before Brad Childress awkwardly walked up to him and told him, uh, no, you're not going to be here anymore. Sage, what does the Vikings... That's not what he said to me. (laughs) What did he say? He said, you know, now Brad has come back a second year. What would you like to do for next... For, for this year. Oh, he you gave know, you a said, like, do you want us to trade you or cut you? Do you want to stay here? Like, what would you like to do? And I said to him, I would love to stay here again, make another run at this thing. Uh, my kids love the school, love the area. I really enjoyed last year. I'd, you know, be happy to be Brett's, you know, backup. And I got, I got traded, like, within days after that. He misheard you. He thought yeah. you said trade me right bleeping now, and yeah, he and said, no, I, I promise love it you, here. I promise you, he did not call me either. That was Rick Spielman who called me and <laughs> and, uh, and traded me. A so, man of you his know, word, yes. It's, it is what it is. So it is what it is. What? Which is the opposite of uh, one of my f- other former coaches, who I left to come up to Minnesota, uh, of what uh, Mike Zimmer said about him yesterday in that press conference that obviously uh, I think has is, is been some news uh, with the Vikings that's different than the players, that this coach who's not even really a coach in a sense, right, he doesn't have a exact job per se, uh, but it seems like his influence and, and Kevin Stefanski's play calling and however they put it together up there uh, seems to be winning some uh, you know football games and and we're getting a lot of production out of Dalvin Cook so it's uh, definitely I'm hoping Vikings fans can can see this how this offense is different I mean you can not like it and you can like it and 
wherever the style is. But uh, uh, I tell you, it makes a quarterback's job much easier when you can hand the ball off and you can run some screens when you can get that play action stuff going, the bootleg stuff going. Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins had some some really good games this year and had a had a solid game on Sunday night. There's a notion out there and has been for the last eight or ten years, Sage, and you bring up Dalvin Cook, but there there's among analytics people, there's a saying that running backs don't matter. That's that's something that is said around the NFL. And basically what they're saying is an NFL level running back can can do basically what any other running back could do behind the same blocking and in the same scheme. Is Dalvin Cook different? Because Alexander Madison looks really good when he gets the ball in his hands. And you look at Gary Kubiak's systems in the past, he had a different running back in Denver just about every year going for 1,500 total yards from scrimmage. Is Dalvin Cook different from what we've seen in Gary Kubiak's systems before? Yeah, he is different because, as you said, you know, maybe uh, a good running back in his old schemes, you know, they had these thousand yard rushers year after year in Denver, and it was like one random person after another. And once they left the Broncos, they never really were anything special, uh, but they'd have these productive seasons. I think what Dalvin Cook takes in is sort of what you said. Uh, you know, we had Steve Slayton in Houston. He was a third round rookie. Uh, he was a smaller guy, more of a scat back playing like in the West, the old West Virginia spread offense. And, and he ran for over 1200 yards and, and probably had something around 15 yards from scrimmage with his receiving yards. Uh, but the difference between that and Dalvin Cook is, you know, 2000 to 2200 yards or whatever that number may end up being. And Dalvin Cook is special. I think the, you know, there, there's things of overpaying running backs and, you know, how much is the line, how much is the running back and how how much is the scheme, and obviously there's a certain scheme here that's conducive to you know consistently good rushers. But Dalvin Cook, uh, sort of like how you know, um, you know Adrian and I think uh, Ricky Williams and parts of his prime and some other backs when they are really when they are extra special. They, Le'Veon Bell, I think, is, is is extra special, and they can do different things in the passing game, and we're seeing that now with the screens. And uh, but he has this gear. That is, I have not seen very much of when he gets sort of around the edge or gets out in the open. He just outruns people, uh, and you know Madison can't really do that. Uh, he brings a different thing to the table. I do really like him as a running back, and if the Vikings had a role with him, if Dalvin gets hurt, I feel very good about the Vikings running back situation. But I do believe Dalvin Cook is special. He is a mix of a Porsche uh, and a Jeep. And he has that right. What's that, he, what's that called, Sage? Uh, when you combine what's it called? Um, that a, is called a. a, a peep. It's a peep. He's yeah, a peep. but he's not a peep. Is he a George? He is a souped-up Ford F one fifty with some, you know, uh, with some. Yeah, so you know he can roll like he can roll. I mean, he is one of the fastest guys in the league. All right, so that's a lot of times, you know, a punt returner, kickoff returner, maybe a receiver, you know, maybe a small man-to-man DV that can really run. And he just has that with power and balance and very great, like very quick feet. And, and he finishes runs. That's like the Jeep part. And, and you don't see that. And he's been healthy this year. So he really has usually those, those Porsches break down. You know, uh, they, they have uh, the, the hamstrings a little tighter. Their their ankles are a little bit, you know, and then you have like your, you know, your your old AP types. And that's why AP was special, you know, during those years was that he had that, that mix of, of breakaway speed and obviously all that power to finish runs. His weakness was in the passing game. Uh, he, he just was not great to, you know, the way pass concepts and the way smooth route running. He wasn't didn't have great hands. That was the side of him that was not his positive. He was just that true traditional you know, you know, tailback and, and Dalvin Cook, you know, does catch the ball very naturally in the passing game. And, and, uh, and, you know, they, they've run all these screens. They had 
Dalvin Cook last week had 86 yards receiving. His yards after catch was 109. Yeah. Wow. That's right, yeah, which basically means he, you know, he had seven. He was seven for seven. I don't know. I don't know if they're all screens, but at least six of them are screens. So he's catching the ball five to eight yards behind the line of scrimmage and got all that production. I mean, a quarterback. You want to talk about like how he makes Kirk Cousins' job easier? When you hand the ball off, you really have no responsibility, right? I mean, other than to basically be the coach. Like, oh, they're in this defense, and we're going to run this play, like, which is pretty much all on what you were told to I do. I mean, Brett Favre started faking jump passes out of boredom. Well, at point, so. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, you can add a little bit. You can add a Are little you spice onto the chicken, but you can't. it's not really your chicken. You know what Are I mean? You're just hey, spice. Say, 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 say. Are you telling which, me that I, that I could play quarterback on Sunday against the Broncos for the Vikings if my only responsibility was handoff to 33? I would say this in that, in that drive when they went they went when they went ten for ten. Yep. Uh, and that, when they had ten runs and they scored and I believe t- took the lead. Is that right? Uh, on that drive, no passes. If I gave you a month with the Vikings center and we worked on all the footwork and the tosses and di- like did it, you know, maybe even like a week, I could have maybe gotten you through to like not screw that up. Like not fumble the snap. Thank you. Or, you okay, know, I appreciate yeah. that. So, Thank you for the help. Well, maybe too much. How are your hands? Do you think you could handle the snap? It's <laughs> coming in pretty hot. I think I could. Yeah, you I think feel so? like you'd have some issues touching another man's uh, derriere that many times. No, I think I could do all of those. I would things. have no. I, I think he'd. I think he'd get. Un- he'd go probably uncomfortably too deep. <laughs> Thanks a lot for that. Appreciate, appreciate that. That just gave me a mental image I didn't need at all. Well, you know, there's there's a sweet spot there. You know, not too far back. You really just, really, really just spot? the center. The center tells you where to put your hands. I'd like to tell you. I think the nose tackle might make me cry, but besides that, I'd be fine. So I've got a question for you, Sage, because Zim does not, um, Zim does not praise or dole out or, or almost tear up about many people. But his comments about Kubiak yesterday were off the charts. I mean, he said it, he said it might be the best thing that's happened to me since I took over in 2014 as yeah, coach. Yeah, that was shocking to it me. Was. was. So, like, but, wow. But yeah, as, as a guy who's worked with Kubes, tell me this. What's the what's the secret sauce here? What's the magic formula? What does Kubes bring that makes a guy like Zim absolutely gush? Because Mike Zimmer doesn't gush. Um, I, I'm guessing Gary Kubiak must have had great parents. That's what I think. I think that he was raised a certain way. Uh, he has lived a life a certain way. And people that are around him, he has authentic relationships with. Uh, there's no BS there. Um, there's a, just a lot of respect there. He's not a, a big talker and a salesman. I don't know how he'd be as a college football coach walking into someone's room and selling them on, you know, why they should come to his school. Uh, he is, you know, Treats everyone, I think, very respectfully. When when you when we lose, he would a lot of times take the blame, and sometimes just like we'd have a bad game, and we think, okay, we're going to go. You know, if this is the Patriots, they're in full pads. You know, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Next, you know, he's like, hey, I I think we overworked a little bit last week. We're going to take all the pads off this week, right? And today is just a walkthrough and a Wednesday, and we're like, what? What? But we played terrible. You know, like he would do these things that really made you go like. Coobs really appreciates us. He makes people feel appreciated, and uh, and that's the personal side of it. Um, uh, and, and I think again, you know, I don't know very, I don't know any quarterbacks. And I've met a lot of quarterbacks over the years that have played for him, going back to his 49er days, and they all really like him. Uh, so I think there's that aspect of him. I think his actually coaching style. 
which I believe Vikings fans have probably uh, had a chance to learn a little bit. We've talked about you know the changes from last year to this year to DeFlippo and shotgun on first down and throwing for a lot of yards, but maybe is that a good thing to this style, which uh, you know, is doing a lot of really good things, and and uh, I, I, you know the the play action stuff is fun, and you see some big plays, and but it also is like grind it out and old fashioned and blue collar and and guys fighting for yards and staying on track, and all right, we got four yards. We we all know we don't want to be in third and eight and plus, right? And he does a really good job of you know uh, that style of offense does a good job of of keeping the team out of you know bad situations, and so you know we'll it's it helps. I think it helps Kirk Cousins be a better quarterback uh you know obviously the record's a lot better this year but we're not relying on kurt to try to make the magic happen all the time and uh i I don't think that's what's best for him i don't think that's what's best for the football team might put up a lot of numbers and you know pass the rating and a lot of yards and 100 yard receivers last year but winning football games is not that winning football games is a combination of you know not turning the ball over holding on to the football being good in the red zone being good in third down which means third and shorter situations making some big plays you know which is easier in play action than straight drop back to make big plays down the field you know that combination which isn't always sexier uh it seems like it sort of consistently plays uh, pays pretty good dividends when it comes to winning football so uh sage rosenfels by the way with us here it's our, our weekly session with sage sage football wisdom i'm mackie and judd with rami and so judd used the word secret and then sage i want to go back to what you talked about with kubiak and how he's he tends to build these relationships with players and it, it, guys who play for him and quarterbacks who play for him seem to like him and so just a quick aside uh, i was listening so bill simmons came out with a new podcast it's called uh, the book of basketball 2.0 mm-hmm and the first couple episodes are all about the secret of winning NBA championships. And uh, and he explained how Isaiah Thomas taught him 10 years ago what the secret was, and Bill Russell knew about the secret. And there's an hour-long episode with Steve Kerr where he talks about the secret. And the secret is, yes, you have to have a certain level of talent, obviously, to win a championship in the NBA. And I think this applies to, to the NFL, too. And I want Sage's thoughts. The secret, he says, is guys liking each other, and guys respecting each other, and guys sacrificing for each other. And that tends to trump pure talent. If it's talent and it's disorganized and guys don't like each other, a less talented team that likes each other and likes the coaches and is cohesive is always going to win. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it is, yeah, it's a team sport. And a coach's job, in my opinion, is to basically maximize everyone's talents as much as possible uh, and create something that is like greater than the individual parts themselves. You know, it's a, you know, a lawnmower, uh, the blade is what's cutting the grass, but really is a blade cutting the grass. Actually, everything is cutting the grass and, and those types of things. Right. So like the pieces all coming together, but also to be in a, you know, physical and mental state to maximize their, you know, their physical skills. You know, are they, uh, you know, are, are, do they feel scared uh, to make a mistake, right? I mean, fear does not do well in a lot of sports. It, it, it brings pe- a lot of people down. It, it limits their sort of ability, ability uh, for, their, to, for them to flourish uh, athletically because their mind shut down a little bit. And we, we, we've all seen that. Someone, you know, chokes at the end of the game or they're just sort of scared to play. I had a high school basketball coach who was extreme, so hard on us that a lot of guys were so scared to make a mistake, so they made a lot of mistakes. 
You know, they played nervous. Um, and a coach, like I imagine, like Kerr, I, I, I assume Pete Carroll does it really well. You know, Belichick's a little more the old school fear-based approach, I guess. But uh, this ability to sort of clear your mind and create an atmosphere where it's competitive, but everyone gets along. And um, there's just that sort of positive vibe going on to, again, maximize just people in general. Like, just lift people up rather than tear people down, uh, but lift them up and then have all those pieces in place and the good coaching and the detail of what we're trying to do and everyone understanding that, that Kubiak is a very good communicator, getting everybody to try to understand what we're trying to get done here. You know, we're not trying to pull the wool over anyone's eyes. This is this is what it is, you know. Uh, this is what we're trying to do. This is how we think we're going to win the football game. And when the, 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 the deliverer of that message is authentic, and I believe st- – uh, the Warriors players probably think Steve Kerr is authentic and those types of people. Um, I think that, you know, their message hits home even more and everyone's on the same page. And when a team is on the same page, everyone's on the same page, that's how you maximize potential. Sage, I came in on Monday, and a lot of the same people who were blaming Kirk Cousins essentially a week ago for a loss to the Chiefs were giving him credit for finally winning in primetime, finally beating a winning team on the road when they're trailing in the second half. And I called them all frauds, including this guy standing to my right, Phil Mackey, because Kirk Cousins essentially did the same thing in the Cowboys game that he did in the Chiefs game, only there weren't breakdowns in all three phases of the football team. I don't say this as a compliment, Sage. I don't say this as a insult to Kirk Cousins. I think he is exactly as good at his, as what is going on around him. Do you think that's a fair assessment? All right, so what do you think Kirk Cousins did like in that game? In a sense of, I don't know if that's a really question. I guess the way I look at that game is Kirk did a great job, a great job of managing that football game. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Right? right. Alex Smith the heck out of it. Yes. Agreed. That's not a bad thing. No. I always liked Alex Smith. I always thought, like, oh, you know, he, he only can get to the NFC champ- or the AFC Championship game. I'm like, okay, I like that. Yeah. I like it in the AFC Championship and always being in the playoffs and always winning 10 games or 11 games. And, you know, he doesn't have to throw 48 touchdowns. So that's fine by me. It's winning football. Uh, versus, you know, it's like Dominique Wilkins. Oh, he was great at dunking, but, like, <laughs> could he win the championships? And there's guys that just win the championships and or win a lot of games. And, and I thought Kirk, so I thought Kirk did that. He That's exactly what he needed to do. That's what he was asked to do. Um, yeah, but did he play, Did you know, it's just, so that was the game. I think we were all looking to it after that Kansas City game, which when the schedule came out, we're looking at the schedule and, and can't say, here's this big game, Pat Mahomes. And they end up losing this game, Pat Mahomes didn't play. So then there's the next week is Dallas, and it's at Dallas. It's Sunday night football. Dallas is a playoff-caliber team. Vikings are a playoff-caliber team. Like, this is it. He failed last time. Didn't, you know, they went two minutes there at the end, and they, didn't, you know, they, they couldn't move the football and blah, blah, blah. Um, he wins this game. It doesn't mean, like, all those uh, negatives from what we are talking about in the past aren't there anymore. What he did was that, well, the team didn't need him to do a lot. They asked him to do a certain amount but not carry the football team, and he didn't carry the team. He said he had 220 yards passing, 86 were on screens to Alvin Cook, uh, 30 or so were on a, a 30, 35 run, a, a very poorly thrown go route to Stephon Diggs that he came back after beating his receiver, came back and somehow snagged the ball off the turf. Right, So you break it down, okay, he threw for... 
you know, a uh, 110 yards or something like that um, on the other, you know, 24 passes. That's nothing special. But, you know, he didn't turn the ball over. Uh, he got the ball out. Um, and uh, he made plays in the red zone and won a really, really good play to Kyle Rudolph. But he made good plays in the red zone when they needed to. Uh, and he made, you know, a couple plays during the game that got the team out of trouble. The, you know, the rollout to when they got pressure, the rollout and hit D.C. Johnson along the sidelines. Huge play in the game. Like, that was, that was a big play. And he came through with that spot. But was he asked to, like, all right, ball's in your hands, two minutes left. We got one timeout, ball's in the 20. We need a field goal to win. Had, did he do that? No, he didn't do that. They, they, they literally hand the ball off ten times in a row on that sort of game-winning drive. And, and again, as a quarterback, that's not – yes, you're a part of that system. You're, you're part of those plays. But you, that you're not really the ones making those plays. That's Dalvin Cook, and that is the guys blocking out there. Even the receivers are doing more than the quarterback. My job is just deliver the football to somebody else, and hopefully somebody else can do it. Um, and so this, that's not because they didn't trust him. But that, with that, that was working. So, like, let's just keep doing this. Let's just keep doing this. And, and I think, um, you know, that's another thing why, why people like Kubiak. Um, as you said, he's a common-sense sort of guy. Wait, we're running the ball for four and five and six yards. Why, why would we just throw a pass there because they want, we're supposed to mix it up? I'm getting four or five yards. Let's just keep pounding these guys. And, like, that's just sort of common sense. On the other side, I'm watching the Bears game the other day. They run for nine yards. They run for seven yards. They got first and ten. And they throw a go route to Taylor Gabriel, who's like 5'9", on a six-foot-two corner. And the corner is bailing and, like, ten yards deeper than Taylor Gabriel. Like, that's, like, the stupidest thing you can do. Like, we just ran for nine. We just ran for seven. Yeah. Run it again. Run it again. Why are you asking Trubisky to, like, take a shot down the field? And he's terrible at throwing goal balls Wait, the against the Bailey corner. The, the Bears are doing something dumb on offense? That is shocking Listen, to no me. No way. That is completely shocking. I refuse to believe that. I think, there, I think, uh, I think there's a more likable Chili 2.0 in Chicago. That's what I that's <laughs> <laughs> That is really well put. I usually bring this upon myself. I didn't ask for this today. No, he's this... done this. Sage has done this twice now to you, and it's magnificent. He brings up the Bears and compares it. Hey, Sage, what... Uh, how, how concerned, uh, coming off the last, what, month or plus, should we be about the Vikings' pass defense? And what do you think, during the bye week after the Vikings play Denver, Mike can do in a very dark room to try and, because he can't change the personnel, to try and... It has to be very dark? Morph the... Oh, yeah. Okay. Film, film, film or, or something else? Film rooms are okay. very Well, I mean, maybe, fine. like, this is a conversation, like, he, like, maybe he's learned some of these types of thing, uh, things with, like, talking to Kubiak. You know, like, what do you do when you yeah. just, like, you don't have, you know, your, your starting guards are, you know, both hurt, and now you have, like, practice squad guys starting, like, what do you do? How do you overcome that, you know? Um, which is crazy because the Vikings have three first-round corners. And I think I was hoping that Mike Hughes would play better last week and because I was thinking, okay, Rhodes looks like to me this might be it for him, and so maybe Mike Hughes would be next, you know, he'll be the other corner next year and blah, blah, blah. And he got abused. I mean, they threw it at him 17 times. Yeah. Um, but also, like Mike Zimmer called defenses that, I guess, allowed for him to be thrown at 17 times, right? So um, everyone has a hand in this thing, and, you know, what can they do? They can play more zone and sort of cover two coverage. Like you can play zone in, in the sense of a single high safety. 
and your corner is more of dropping. But all the routes underneath him, you'll have a dropper really running underneath like those comebacks and stuff. So in a sense, uh, you're sort of doubling the outside guy with an underneath dropper than you you the bailing corner, right? Like that's one thing you can do. You can also play co- sort of a cover two corner in which your safety, like a Harrison Smith, would play over the top. And so after he goes past you, you sort of let him go to the safety. You battle him at the line, but then you're not chasing him. Uh, like in man-to-man coverage or something all over the field. I like that's something you can do, but then that times opens up uh, less guys in the box, and teams a lot of times can run the ball. So then you know you could take the strategy of guys, our front seven, we have to stop the run this week. Like that's the job. We have to stop the run, and because we're going to play more cover too, because our corners are getting scorched out there, as we all can see. Like that's you know might be something that of course they wouldn't say it that way, but that might be something that they could also do, um, or you know coach them up coach them up somehow uh and you know they and maybe they'll figure out what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong i couldn't imagine playing cornerback uh that position and chasing four three five guys all over the field all the time they're usually taller than me and stronger than me and that that, that is a really real it's i think that's the toughest other than i mean i think quarterback's tough but i think physically that is an extremely tough job it's probably You're the running, position that, that has the potential to make you look the most ridiculous if and the, I, probably the best athletes yeah right i mean receivers are basically running forward like the human body is actually created to run forward not sideways or backwards and everything of how we're designed dbs are all backwards sideways turn sprint chase (laughs) you know i mean they are incredible athletes uh so when they have to chase you know, Devontae Adams or Amari Cooper last week and Tavon Austin, who's one of the faster guys. Like, you know, I could not imagine how hard that must be. Uh, and very few corners can do it really well. And, and, you know, the Vikings are struggling at that position. So there's some schematic things you can do, not, not force them to have to sort of chase nearly as much and give them some help underneath or over the top. Uh, but at the end of the day, you draft guys in the first round. You're hoping that they're, you know, I think shutdown corners are uh, not really a thing for the most part. But I, you know, guys that could play better than, you know, the what it was 156 yards that went to uh, Mike Hughes's yeah. uh, position last week. Yeah, that is Sage Rosenfels. You can find him also on Purple Daily Mondays at two o'clock and Wednesdays at two o'clock. And you can follow him on Twitter just at Sage Rosenfels 18. Right, Sage Rosenfels 18. And that, Instagram that, that, too. Yeah, yeah, the I, the IG. I went to a Lena Del Rey concert last. Saw night. that. Look at you, really, man. Yeah, I got you. to meet her in wow. the back. You know, that was sort of that was sort of a cool uh, experience. I didn't know really almost any of her music except for like yesterday. I heard I was getting tickets, and so like I started listening to it. I knew like one song. <laughs> um, but you know, well, think about big all the fan, di- big think about fan. All nice the to diehard, meet you. The diehard people that would have killed to be backstage to meet here, and you're like, ah, oh, googling her four hours before. Yeah, a lot of screaming, a lot of screamers at that concert. Yeah. By the uh, way, uh, from like like forty year old men screaming to like sixteen year olds. It was all over the map. It was uh, it was a, it was a good show. So anyway, it was. Uh, I don't even know how we got onto that subject. Yeah. Oh, my my Instagram. That's right. My Your Twitter. My, and my Twitter. Another thing you can get on Sage's Twitter is stuff like this that I saw yesterday. Can you write jokes for me? I do a little stand-up on the side. He oh, my qu- owl joke. He quote-tweeted a uh, video of an owl writing a segue, and he said, uh, looks like he's having a hoot of a time. Wow. I will see my way out. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. No, that's, that's enough. No, it's free. <laughs> Twitter's free. It's just free. email. <laughs> it is free. All right. That's enough of this. All right, Sage, we'll talk to you next week, man. All right. Hey, by the way, I just want to say one last thing. I'm looking, you know, it, I think for Vikings fans, let's wa- watch this. Watch both offenses this week because this uh, uh, Denver team runs a similar style. 
under Rich Gangarella, who is a Kyle Shanahan sort of mm. prodigy or whatever, and obviously sort of descended this tree. Uh, and I, kn- I know Rich well. I like his offense, but there's a lot of similarities to it. And, and Joe Flacco is a very slow, very strong arm, pretty accurate quarterback, but, man, he is slow, and he gets he gets sacked a lot in the pocket as well. So, uh, anyway, just something to look at as, as fans watch the game on Sunday. Vikings should, uh, Vikings should destroy, and then look ahead, bye week and Seattle. Sage Josenfels, Purple Daily Tuesday on uh, 2 o'clock on Mondays and Wednesdays, and Sage Football Wisdom. All right, guys, Omaha. 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 See ya. See ya, Sage. See you, Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Jonathan here with the Score North download. Download the Score North mobile app and make sure you register for listening rewards this month. One lucky app user will win a $200 Visa gift card just for having the mobile app. All you have to do, download the app, register that app, and enter through listening rewards. And you enter for your chance to win a $200 Visa gift card. The Vikings injury report for today came out as we get closer to Vikings Broncos this weekend at U.S. Bank Stadium. Adam Thielen, Linval Joseph, Josh Klein, and Shamar Stefan, no surprise. Or not Shamar Stefan. He returned to full practice duty after not practicing yesterday. Josh Klein, Linval Joseph, and Adam Thielen were do not practices. The interesting news, Brett Jones went on IR after damaging a knee ligament there. Aviante Collins is called was called up from the practice squad to the full roster in place of Brett Jones. That's been your score north download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. Uh oh. No, you already know. Jake Odorizzi. Jake Odorizzi. $17.8 million. A little oh. baseball music? Oh, sorry, I'll try that again. Do you want to fire up some TBS or something? Yeah, hold on. All right. Twib? Do we have the Twib music? We do, actually. This is good, too. Yeah, TBS has a pretty good, pretty good product. That's, That's solid. solid. Agreed. So uh, one I'm disappointed year, when Fox just went with the NFL music. Yeah, they do they that used now to have their own for music. everything. They do yeah, it for they college NFL, football. Everything, everything is the same music. They're trying to fool us. They're trying to trick our brains. Like you're watching football. Don't worry about what your eyes are seeing. <laughs> no, but wait, wait, wait. You're watching wait. NFL football. It's the college same. hoops. <laughs> they they do the John Tesh song now. Do they? Fox, really? Fox does. Fox bought that. Really? Gophers game against Butler two nights ago. I'm not allowed to do too much of that. We have to pay copyright. You know you want to watch basketball. So that I can go dunk it. So one year, $17.8 million. Jake go to Rizzy. I love this for both sides. First of all, when someone offers you one year and $17.8 million to do your job, generally, you say yes. Right? Yeah. Hey, uh, here's $17.8 million. Oh, and by the way, like you can still make millions more the year after you're done working, too. It's great. Where's that dotted line and how fast am I going to yeah. sign it? Yeah, I mean, that's for and you that's what Jacob Rizzi said today. Or Rami. So here's what I love about it. If Jacob Rizzi says no... The Twins now have to go get two free agents that would probably be on the hook for mul- like multi-year contracts. I know Rizzi might be one of them, but maybe. It's but probably going to be a larger price tag if he if he ends up on the market and it turns into a bidding war of some sort. Yep. And if he hits the market, and even if you get him back, you might have to sit there and play that game with him until like February. You know, like if he's if he would hold out for a multi-year deal, and there was a gap between what the Twins are willing to offer, you might not have resolution on that until February or March. But you have resolution now on Jose Barrios. And Jake Odorizzi, and because Jake Odorizzi isn't a multi-year contract, it makes it more likely that you will go and sign another free agent pitcher to a multi-year deal. And you This know, is the best case scenario. And you know who declined his QO today, gentlemen? 
Madison Bumgarner declined his qualifying offer. Let the bidding begin. And you know what the Atlanta Braves did today? Tied up three years and $39 million on reliever Will Smith. And they are a destination for mm. Mad Bum. So you think they're out? No, I don't. I don't think they're necessarily out, but I do think they're a little bit cash strapped, Ronnie. <laughs> and you know what that means? Madison, the bombs are coming to Minnesota. Mad Bomb is coming to sign with the Twins today or tomorrow. I bet. Then you've got a top three the in your rotation. <laughs> then you can beat the Yankees. Nope. <laughs> Hey, hey, oh, that ended abruptly. <laughs> I was trying to do John Sterling. Oh, 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 yeah, I see where you're going there. I and, just think it uh, creates an opportunity. And if you're the Twins right now, so you've got, you've, you you know that you got Jacob Rizzi, $17.8 million, so it's it's hefty for one year, but you also aren't on the hook for like $50 million on a three-year or four-year deal with him. It's just it's one year, and you can you can be done with it if you want to. So I uh, I think the... I think the path is clear for the Twins to make a bigger splash. There's also a report from John Morosi last night, MLB insider John Morosi, and he says John Gray, Rockies, uh, I guess number one starter, he's kind mm-hmm. of underachieved, former number one, number three overall pick. John Gray is getting a ton of interest from teams kicking the tires. He's got two years left of team control. So you weren't the only one thinking that. Sounds like about ten teams are probably thinking yeah. it too. <laughs> so I don't know what the cost is going to be, but. John Gray, Madison Bumgarner, Zach Wheeler. I mean, think about all the different... Even if you just added one of these guys we've been talking about. Forget about Garrett Cole, even. If you just add one of these guys, and now you've got Odorizzi, Barrios, and Wheeler, and Bumgarner. What's your and offer Gray. for John Gray? I start with Brent Rooker, just because I think he's the most expendable of uh, all the outfielders. I give up at least one top ten prospect for John Gray. I don't give up Royce Lewis. I don't. I don't think it takes that. I don't. I think you're kind of buying him for like fifty cents. No, on the you dollar. don't have to give up Royce Lewis or Kirloff. Then no. The Astros have acquired three aces via trade in the last four years and haven't given up a top three prospect in any of those trades. You're They've not giving up a ton of top ten prospects. Yes, but, but you you don't have to give up a top three or may, I would I wouldn't think even a top five prospect to get John Gray. Yeah. If you can get those guys without giving up a top three, there's no way you're giving up anything close to that for John Gray. Yeah. So there's a. Uh, and I love the fact too that guys are signing now. Like Will Smith, he he signed a contract That's on November fourteenth. That's like, significant. That 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 ha- I don't. I need to go back and check. And this is kind of sad because it's significant but not huge. I don't think a free agent the caliber of Will Smith has signed in the last three off seasons this early on. Yeah, I, maybe not. The Twins signed a guy like Scope. Fairly early on, but that's Jonathan Scope. No, Will Smith. Is, Jonathan yeah. Scope was coming off a disappointing season. Absolutely, Will Smith is coming off a really, really good season. No, you're right. He's in high demand. Guys in, in as high of demand as he is this off season have not been signing this early. This is a good sign. I think. I hope. I hope. Wishful so too. thinking. Yeah. So uh, you can. By the way, we're we are following all of the hot stove discussions. Basically, anything that we think pertains to the Twins, you're going to find it at ScoreNorth.com. And uh, you and can also find mobile app. It's free to it's download. It's totally free for now. Yeah, we'll see. And you can win stuff. Yeah. You can win stuff there. The longer you listen, what can I win? The more points. Yesterday, you Wetmore up. was telling me like two hundred dollar Visa gift card. I think is the prize that's up this month. Really? Somebody won a two hundred dollar gift card to somewhere else last month. Like real stuff. I mean, I've only been reading it in the download for three weeks now, but thanks for paying attention. That's where I, that's where I heard it. I don't. I didn't listen. <laughs> Sorry, Jonathan. Sorry, man. Wow. I feel thanks, bad. Guys. 
The downloads are great. I'm sure they are. I listen. You know, Jonathan, we're in here discussing and producing the next segment. We're in constant show mode, man. Yeah, man. Trying to figure out how to win QB Cesspool Challenge. That's exactly. (laughs) Which is coming up in about 40 minutes. And we've had had a sea change in that, I saw. Have we? Shocking. Shocking Shocking results. Results. All right. That's in 20 minutes. You said 40. That's in 20 minutes, right? It's in 20 minutes. It is in 20 minutes. 23, actually, from... 457. It's at 520, all right? Somewhere in that ballpark. (laughs) Ish. When we come back, though. I gotta be exact. Rami has a declaration about Andrew Wiggins. I have. I have. I've I've made this declaration earlier, but if you missed it, it's a big one. Sports Dad had to hold you down a little bit on that one. Sports Stepdad isn't hearing it. I have not heard this declaration yet, but I've also been fending off the you were wrong about Wiggins crowd all day. I think this is the first disagreement between Sports Dad and Sports Stepdad. It didn't take long. No, and you know when. Well, again, you guys are going to be in each other's lives. I know. Okay? Yeah. I'm not Figure here to fight with him. You're yeah. going to be at the same youth baseball games. I'm, again, I'm probably going to ask you to for Thanksgiving. I'm not looking to divide this family. I just want to be a part of it. All right. Yeah, so no, we'll do that when we come back. put the booze down, okay? It's Mackie and Jeff with Rami on Score North and the Score One North thing app. What we agree on? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, I uh, was driving in this morning. This is the best part about the 2019 RAV4 XLE that I've been driving for a few months. I I started this lease in the dead of summer, specifically thinking about winter. And so while all you and guys talking are talking about it back then, yeah. much to our dismay, you're like, you know, it's going to snow and here's when nobody wanted to hear it. Well, you guys have been complaining and bitching about winter conditions and oh, my God, it's snowing. Oh, my gosh. I'm excited for this. I've been waiting for this since June and July. All right. Uh, I've got my four-wheel drive. I've got a little button. I don't know much about cars, but I got a little button on the console that literally says snow. Like your your car just morphs into a machine that drives through the snow and through Aren't the ice. Okay? Special. And you can get into a 2019 or 20 RAV4 by stopping into Luther Brookdale Toyota 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard. Best car dealership and service department in the Twin Cities. And uh, there's a reason. My family and I have been going to the same place for 30 years. LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. I just love food, and I hate exercise. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Wiggins. Oh, what a feed! Sees Covington cutting and feeds it perfectly. Wiggins pulls up for three. Andrew downtown. He is locked in. What is behind this scoring burst of yours over the last uh, week and a half or so? Um, I've just been staying aggressive, you know, the whole year. You know, I've been putting a lot of work in the summer. Uh, it's just showing now. I told you, I don't know why you're interviewing me. You need to interview him. <laughs> he's played well. He played amazing again, and uh, he's consistently just been working on his craft. And uh, I think the fans and the whole NBA is seeing the fruits of his labor. Again last night, Andrew Wiggins just, here's the crazy thing. Carl Anthony Towns is averaging like 22 points, 13 rebounds, and 4 assists since he came back from the uh, suspension. Mm-hmm. Just like pretty ridiculous numbers just on their own. Yeah, he's pretty good at basketball. And no one's talking about it because Andrew Wiggins is doing he's better. these things. He's better. So what was your Andrew Wiggins declaration on Score North Live today? This is who Andrew Wiggins is. I'm ready to say this. This is who he is. He's 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 broken out, and I don't think he's going back. And not to say that he's going to throw up a near triple double every night, but this style of play and this this level of production, I think, is what you can expect of Andrew Wiggins moving forward. I don't think he falls back into his 
bad old habits and and turns into that guy again. I think they've they've cracked the code with yeah. Andrew Wiggins. Rosas and Saunders together have cracked the code of Andrew Wiggins, and I'm ready to declare this is who he is. And that and sports I'm dad convinced. disagrees, huh? Oh, I said after eleven games. Yes, because here's why you can't it's okay say to be optimistic, kids. Here's why you can't do that to yourself and cause a lifetime of heartbreak life, and life, heartache. First of all, you build it up so much. <laughs> I'm good at that, though. It's a quality sports dad. It's a quality sports dad warning you about the, the, the pitfalls and perils. No, it's... Listen, this kid has been talented forever. He's in, He has incredible talent. But I also have no hot take here. I have no idea how this plays out. What I said was the same thing that I said the last time we talked about this is I need an 82-game sample size to see this. I need a full year. It's been, He's been in this league a long time. So after 68 games, you're still going to be like, oh, no, I man. need a full year, and then I need into next year. And there are going to be bad nights, okay? There, you can't be like, oh, in 82 games, he's going to be great every night. That's not going to happen. I totally get that. But for us, a, this has definitely turned a corner and that he is going to be, because the guy that we've seen these last seven games is a superstar, right? I think we all can agree. Oh, my guess. This is not a nice player. It's a star player. He's This version of Andrew Wiggins is legitimately one of the 30 best players but, in the NBA. But, yep. but everything about him has been throughout his career, to me also, very mental. Because the physical ability clearly was and is there. But I don't have a hot take in saying it's going to come back and he's going to. I don't know that. I don't know what's going to happen. I just need a lot more. You're still and, in the I don't know phase. You're not and saying. And if this keeps up, I'm saying that I'm saying I am not really shocked by what he's doing because everybody knew he had this talent. This was not this is not a really nice but not talented player on a great role. This is something that we expected he, he would approach on a consistent basis a long time ago and that disappeared. So, I'm not here Rami to tell you you're wrong. What no, I, I get what you're saying. What I am telling you is I just need to see more because to me you can't say 11 games in it's unlocked for good. I hope it is. It, if, if it is, it, he's a fantastic player. Just need to see a lot of this. I'm with Rami. I'm with Rami. There we go. I think this is it. Because if you, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go from I'm gonna take emotion out of it for a second. I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go analytical, okay? Because the first thing I would look at when someone's off to a hot start like this, when 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 um, when Lou Ford is hitting 400 at the end of May or whatever it was uh, ten years ago, right? You know, all right. How does how does that align with the rest of his career? Like, mm-hmm. what is he, you know, is he just, hit, is it a barrage of homers? What is it? Derrick Rose last year is a great example. Holy cow, look at Derrick. He's a new player. The threes. He's back, right? Yeah. Well, he was shooting like 55 or 60% from three, which you could make one of two con- conclusions. Draw one or two conclusions. Either A, this guy just like flipped a switch and became... Ray Allen overnight right. from downtown, right? He's now he's just Steph Curry from three, even though he's never been that in his career. Mm-hmm. And if so, holy cow! All right, he's Great. back to being awesome. an MVP. Or he got red hot over a small sample size, and it's going to come back to earth, which is sort of what that's sort of the side. Like what you're saying is small sample size alert. He's he's had hot stretches before, right? And, but what I'm saying is this is all mental. So it can can we're trying to delve between his ears to figure out if it's if this is permanent and for sure. And I can't go there because I don't know what goes on between those ears. So here's my analytical breakdown for you guys, okay? Let's just look at some of the percentages, okay? Three-point percentage. He's shooting 36% from three. Basically league average. That's not great. His career percentage is 33. 
So it's, I mean, it's a little better than his career percentage, which, I mean, he spent the whole offseason practicing shooting threes, so it shouldn't be that much of a surprise that he's up it's a tick. An, it's not an unrealistic jump no. from 33 to 36. This, this isn't something where you go, well, he's going he's gonna to regress. He's going to fall back down to earth. Yeah, he shot, so he's 36% this year. He shot 36% uh, three years ago. So it's not like, whoa, he's shooting 50% from three. That, mm-hmm. We better brace ourselves. That's going to come back to earth. That's, uh, that's That number is very sustainable, if not even lower than it might be later in the year. His free throw percentage... It's exactly his career rate. He shoots 73% from the, from the free throw line. The exact career rate. So really the only two things that are different, and they're two big things, he's taking fewer bad, dumb shots. He's just not pulling up from 21 feet. Last night, he had another example where old Andrew Wiggins, he was he was kind of driving from the wing to the baseline. I saw this player talking about. And we, we actually put a highlight of it. Old Andrew Wiggins pulls up with a hand in his face from 18 feet and clanks a jumper. Top of the key. New Andrew Wiggins jumps up in the air, sees Covington cutting, and throws a pass down to Covington, and Covington gets a layup. That's New Andrew Wiggins. So, number one, he's he's just taking fewer dumb shots and looking to pass a little bit more. But number two, and this is this is where we have to see. This is where Judd has a point. He's playing with a lot more passion and energy on a regular basis. He's an Energizer Bunny player for the entire time he's out there. And he hasn't always been that way in his career. So is he going to continue to play like an Energizer Bunny for the 33, 35 minutes he's out there? I think the fact that he buys into Ryan Saunders, his teammates love him. He's just in an, he's in an environment and where the people fact just that, love being around him. The fact that he's seeing results and he's reaping the rewards of, the, of, of that, that extra effort, of that changed attitude. Yeah. That, that's what makes you keep going when you're trying to change bad habits. And what you're talking about, Phil, is the methods and the habits, like his his skill level hasn't changed at all. That's what those numbers say. He didn't become right. a better shooter out of nowhere. Because and so this he is must not regress. a conversation about his skill, right? Exactly. That, that's what makes it intriguing. But the methods of how he's of how he's scoring and and the other things that he's doing when he has the basketball in his hand is what's changed. These aren't things that have popped up out of nowhere, and you have to expect Correct. regression. These are these are habits and methods that he's taken to the court. And again, when you change habits, when you change methods, and you see results and you see the rewards for it, that's what makes you keep doing the good habits. And that's my question is, are, are we going to consistently see him continue that? And I have no idea. I don't think he's well, all of a sudden, we do. at the very least, I don't think he's going to go back to shooting 10, 20-foot jumpers in a game. Like I think I think he's past that, I'm talking and about, that alone makes him a better player. My biggest point is actual engagement in his game, because there have been a lot of times where in the first part of his career we've seen him this might be too strong but almost not care and this guy now definitely cares yeah and for his sake if this is him that's awesome that's great that's really really cuz it's a fun player to watch but i just need to see consistency here now if this was a conversation about a guy who had just improved himself and and filled the stats that you gave were through the roof com, uh, compared to last year, then you'd say, oh yeah, it's a it's a physical shift here. He's done different things. But this is really about a guy that we've known had this talent, and the question was, are, are we going to see it for one game in some cases, three games in this case, seven games, and this looks really good. But it's so hard to get into somebody's mind and know what they're going to be doing in January, let's say. So I'm not, I am in no way saying that this is a fluke. It can't keep up. 
What I am saying is I just need a large sample size. What will it take for Judd Zolgad to buy in early on, to buy in early on the positive side on something? Two cases of beer. <laughs> <laughs> like as a That's bribe, it? or you need to drink them and get the positive juices flowing? Oh, no, as a bribe. Oh, okay. Oh, right. yeah. That's I want to see two? early adopter positive buzzed up Judd. We can That's just buy your the Astros. <laughs> <laughs> I need to cheat. Uh, by the way, I just found this. So player efficiency rating, just for fun, just another one of those all-encompassing how good are you overall as a player and last year in the nba the rankings were pretty cut and dry it was Giannis was number one in per james harden anthony davis uh nikola uh, Jokic was number four carl anthony towns was fifth on this list the fifth best player we, PR. We went through the list yeah. crazy good yep Embiid, Kawhi leonard lebron james so it's a pr- i would say it aligns pretty well with who the best players are if you took Andrew Wiggins PER this year and applied it to last year's full season rankings, he'd be the twentieth best player in the league, right next to Paul George, Lamarcus Aldridge, and Enos Cantor. Hmm. And Andre Drummond and Damian Lillard. That's the that's, that's the company he's keeping with his overall game in the you, first eleven. But are you shocked knowing what we've seen at times in his abilities, which are off the charts? See, this doesn't shock me. Like I'm not sitting here I what I need to see is the mentality continue, but you never looked when when Andrew Wiggins was playing his best. You never watched his game and thought, "Yeah, it's still not, it's still not that good." When he was playing his best, he has off the charts talent. Like he deserved that draft status. Yes, that that he has the talent. And he's validating that right now. He he had the talent of of that draft status. What he didn't have was the mentality to continue yeah. it, and that's what got frustrating. So. Okay, I want to I want to ask you guys a similar question to the one that I asked Andrew in our one on one on one. I would be a fraud if I didn't ask this question through the prism of just my own takes the last four years. Because I've been hearing from you were wrong about Wiggins guy for three days on Twitter now. <laughs> I've seen that guy, and uh, that's Cousins guy too. He had a good game. See, well, just wait till the next game, okay? So you were wrong about Wiggins guy. Mm-hmm. Do you think I owe? An apology for the way that I treated Andrew Wiggins for four years to like to that guy. No, I wouldn't say you owe an apology, but I will say, and not not you specifically, Mackie. You're, you're just part of a larger group that was doing this. You were off the mark just a little bit in the criticism of Andrew Wiggins, and I bought into it too when I got here, and I heard the whole narrative surrounding the guy, and I just thought that's a bust, and that's a dude who didn't want it bad enough, and I think that there is. There is some truth to that. He didn't want it bad enough. I think Judd is right. When you read Andrew Wiggins' body language his first few years in the league, he didn't seem to care as much as other guys who were out there on the court. He didn't seem to want it as much as other guys who were out there on the court. And that matters. That really does matter. If you're going to be a if you're going to be a top level player, you need to want it more than just about anybody else. That's a fair criticism, but I think the thing that people weren't really looking at is the environment that you were trying to develop this star in. You were trying to grow, grow a flower out of a crack in the sidewalk. That that doesn't really work. This wasn't an environment that was conducive to Andrew Wiggins being the best player that he could be. When you look yeah. at the the Wolves organization from top to bottom, it's just not it wasn't it wasn't a good place to work. It wasn't a good place to grow and it wasn't a good place to be to borrow a term from from Alex Boone earlier in the show, the best version of yourself. As a Bears fan, I say this all the time about Mitchell Trubisky. I don't know if he's a good quarterback. It's very, very likely that he's not. But I can't have a definitive answer to that because the guy who was hired to foster and develop him and make him the best quarterback he could be is doing him no favors. And the guys around him on that field are doing him no favors. 
Same thing can be said for Andrew Wiggins the first five years of his career. And I don't think that that was never really brought up in all the Andrew Wiggins discussion and criticism since I got here. You owe an apology to absolutely no one, and here's why. Flip had him traded for him, and he pulled some of the same stunts with Flip that that he pulled. Now, now was Tibbs not the right coach for him? We all agree, yes. He was not the right coach, okay? But he had Flip, and Flip traded for him and tried to cultivate him, and he still... He didn't know how to be a professional, but people tried. So, yeah, the Tibbs thing, disaster. Totally get that. But your criticisms... He could have had the desire to learn how to become a professional, and he didn't. And you shouldn't have to take him to Greg Popovich to do that, okay? So your criticisms, I think, were founded, were dead on. And the quote he had a year or two ago to uh, to Jace of the Pioneer Press after another Wigginsy game where he said, I just love my shot, was as clueless and drove me crazy. <laughs> that was this year, too. So right? that, was, that was like the, the first or second game of the year. When? When? Last year. Oh, he said it again. I think oh, he said no. something this no, year. He, he had had a game like against Boston where he hit some shots, and Jace was like, you got, you were yeah. going on, and he's just I love my shot. And it's like, well, dude, why do you love your shot? What are you doing that qualifies for that? That's a stupid statement. <laughs> I remember that. So anyway, Phil. I just love the shot. Phil, I, I believe I worked with you in almost the entire time since he got here, and you were very critical, and I think you were exactly right. And you know what? As far as Wiggins guy or Cousins guy, you know what? Then be consistent. You got to criticize them when they're not going well. So we can all agree, Eureka, he's playing great right now and it's fun to watch, but don't come at me with you defended him four years back because we didn't hear from you. Also, like, so, if, you were, you. if you were defending him and, well, okay, I'll back up a step because I agree that coaching and environment, and we talked about this a million, like, if, if you didn't hear us talking about it, then you just didn't listen to the show, and that's fine. Like, whatever. You don't have right. to listen. But yes. uh, but we talked about the no, environment. you have to listen. You do, actually. You actually that's right. have to listen. On the Score well, North don't, app, then which don't, is free to download. Then don't criticize people who commented about it if you don't know what they said. But also, if if you're on the side of, listen, I was on the bandwagon all along. Like, what were you doing on the bandwagon last year? <laughs> Missing shots? Because if, How if much it, were you drinking on the bandwagon? If it's just blind faith and you're not a true fan, if you jump... No, I think being a true fan <laughs> or just being honest uh, is about calling it like it is. And I think two things can be true. Andrew Wiggins didn't put in the necessary focus or uh, the necessary amount of attention to what works in the NBA in 2017, 18, 19, probably played too many video games. Like probably, I mean, honestly, like I was just going to ask, is there a video game coming out sometime during the NBA season that might throw Andrew Wiggins off track? (laughs) Hopefully not, man. He's going to go tell me he's going to go down a rabbit hole. Jonathan, can you help us out? (laughs) Call of Duty comes out. Is Red Dead, is Red Dead three coming out anytime soon? Because that stops people's lives in their tracks. So no, Call of Duty is coming out. I think next week or okay. next month. All right, so. but like some of it's on him. Touch but, that bullet. But some of it too is on Glenn Taylor for hiring Tom Thibodeau to connect with Andrew Wiggins. Like when you're in a room, and obviously Judd and I were as wrong on Tom Thibodeau. Just go back and listen to our say, first week of shows yeah, when that guy got we hired. Not right on this, so super wrong. But if if you're Glenn Taylor in that situation, and you've got Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins, and your entire goal is to find someone to fertilize the growth of those two young, budding superstars, right? And I think we just sort of trusted that, oh, yeah, Tom Thibodeau, he's he's been on this 13-month tour of, like, 
self-discovery and yeah. doing yoga and meditation and what he really do yoga? I have no idea okay. but he met with Greg Popovich I want to see you know Tom that. Thibodeau do yoga I, I want um, to see that <laughs> it'd be hilarious it'd be hilarious but if you're Glenn Taylor in that spot and you're looking for the key cog to help bridge where those guys are at in their career now to being superstar players right like mm-hmm. Tom Thibodeau is the absolute worst possible person We've learned now among qualified candidates. And I'm not saying and, that. Andrew Wiggins doesn't deserve any of the blame for his own failures till now. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that anybody in any profession, especially when you're 20 years old and coming out of college, you need a, some sort of structure. You need a support system to be that best version of yourself that you can be. And that just wasn't here for the for the majority of Andrew Wiggins first five years as as a member of the Timberwolves. That's that's just that's just a fact. And I don't think that was talked about enough in the criticism of him. Again, he deserves a lot of the criticism, but I I think people dismissed that or just didn't think about it too often when we had that discussion, myself included. We just saw so many dumb games where Agreed. where shots were just so stupid Agreed. and, and I you can kept saying to yourself, "What are you, what are you yeah. doing?" And 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 the thing about a the frustrating thing about a kid with that much talent too is you watch that person and think, "Be a professional." Like, just apply yourself. Cat. Cat came in, and listen, Cat's far from perfect, but he's a star player, and, and and he's been tracking that way for a long time because he got here to an equally as dysfunctional team, or more so, but immediately had a had a pride and sense of self to be to say, I know I'm great, and I want to get there. And I think that there were frustrating times, but with Andrew, it was sort of like, oh, it's frustrating, and I just accept it. With Cat, it's always been like, oh no, I'm going to try and push through through this, despite the fact that there are problems yeah. here. So it's just so, interesting. I think uh, Randy, our buddy Randy, is listening. He didn't tag us in the tweet because Randy and Cottage Grove. Yeah, I'm not sure he entirely understands how Twitter works, but no, he definitely doesn't. Okay, he's and I'll read you the tweet verbatim. I don't watch basketball, and the A is capitalized and watch for some reason. But I can tell you why Andrew Wiggins, and it's Wiggin apostrophe S, is improved this year. He decide not to care anymore. Just grip it and rip it. Works. <laughs> work apostrophe S in softball same way. Oh, yeah. To, to, to that, Benjamin said, can you come coach my second graders? And Randy said, I probably not good in quotation marks influence. <laughs> That is some self-awareness right there. Does, oh, wait, 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 wait. Let's back up for one second. Does Benjamin realize what he's asking? I think he does. Would you want I Randy? I think Benjamin's asking to be on a Dateline NBC episode. Exactly right. Hello, Benjamin. Yeah. That's what I think he's asking. Well, i probably not a good influence. We'll see if in 71 games, if Judd Zolgay can jump on the same bandwagon as Randy and Cottage Grove, Rami and myself. Andrew Wiggins has Why been ridiculously good. Why apostrophe S? Why not? I guess. Oh, Why not, Rami? Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Score North, Score North app, and the quarterback cesspool challenge coming up next. It's hard being a quarterback in the NFL. We couldn't complete a pass. We sucked. Each week, Mackie, Judd, and Rami look for the worst of the worst quarterback performances. The interceptions. The strip sacks. And it pulls out again. And the Bills recovered again. The ineptitude. I mean, it's absolutely pitiful. It's the quarterback cesspool challenge on Score North. And 
That's the fifth interception today. Yes, indeed. It is time for us to identify the worst quarterbacks across the NFL, which was tougher last week than in most weeks. And we'll get to the results. But the way this works is we will, in a short minute here, we will go through and uh, attempt to identify which quarterbacks are going to be complete disasters and piles of poo this coming week (laughs) in the National Football League. Uh, So far this season, Jonathan Harrison has mostly been dominating, and I, up until this last week, had avoided winning and losing. Oh, until this last week. Until this last week. Oh, you didn't look, Rami? I did not look. I like to be surprised. Just wait till you hear the news. I like to prep as little as possible and pretend to be surprised. Mm. Yes. Well, I was very excited to have Baker Mayfield fall into my lap. I thought Baker Mayfield, he's just terrible. Mm-hmm. doesn't even matter who he's playing. Yeah, He's just a garbage quarterback. How'd that go for he you? He runs his mouth and throws interceptions. See, that's what you get. And Baker Mayfield had one of the top five QBR performances of any of the quarterbacks we have chosen in the quarterback cesspool challenge. Awesome. He had a 75 QBR on a 1 to 100 scale in a an ugly but winning effort. <laughs> Which meant you edged me out because my guy had almost as good a weekend as your guy. (laughs) You picked Sam Darnold, who had a 73.1 QBR. You guys are fighting it up there for losing. I really burned Darnold on a (laughs) really bad pick there. And Rami picked one of the nine quarterbacks with the last name of Allen, Josh Allen. (laughs) (laughs) He was pretty average. He was slightly below average, actually, with a 46.2 QBR. And that leads us to King of the Mountain, Jonathan Harrison, who racked up his sixth victory so far Shut this up. season in ten weeks in the quarterback Seth <laughs> really? challenge. Would you believe Andy Dalton got benched for this guy? Finley dropped straight back to throw, looking for Harrison. Oh, no. Intercepted, and it looks like he'll take it to the house. Marcus Peters on the run back. Man, I'll tell you what, Ryan Finley got stroked. L.J. Fort put a block on Ryan Finley. Oh man, took him off his feet. Ryan Finley's 16.7 QBR makes Jonathan this week's QB cesspool challenge winner. What questions about that? Do you know who you are? What happened? Do you know who you are? You are the San Antonio Spurs from the Admiral to Tim Duncan. Because you've got five wins, you finished last last week, and then you got Ryan Finley. But what happened to Ryan Finley in that highlight there? Stroked? What and take that? it off his feet? Let's, let's play it again, just What's to make sure. Would you believe Andy Dalton got benched for this guy? Finley dropped straight back to throw, looking for Erickson. Oh, no. Intercepted, and it looks like he'll take it to the house. Marcus Peters on the run back. Man, I'll tell you what. Ryan Finley got stroked. What? L.J. Huh? Fort put what a block turn? on Ryan Finley. Oh, man, took him off his feet. Ryan Finley's... <laughs> Do, that's quite... Is that a- it's quite the stroke to take you off your feet, too. It's, it's Bengals after dark. You guys didn't know? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we used that term in football. <laughs> Amazing. Bengals after so, dark. with uh, Jonathan picking Ryan Finley, who got stroked, I guess, yeah, in that something. game, uh, Jonathan now has six victories on the season. Judd has three. Rami has one. And I have yet to identify a cesspool quarterback this year. And you now have a loss. Because you were uh, no. you were milk toast last week. I now have a punishment. <laughs> you were zero and yeah. zero. What was yeah. that noise you made about milk toast? Yeah. <laughs> is that what that yeah. is? <laughs> uh, so uh, we'll start doling out these punishments. We're making Rami sweat we keep these ones out. I don't yeah. think we ever will. Yeah, I don't no, think we we're will. ever going to do these punishments. We will. I think the punishment 
is the suspense of the punishment. <laughs> Maybe that's what I think that's the punishment. Could be. Thanks, Jerry. Could be. But uh, let's, let's fire this up and wonder about pick some more crappy quarterbacks. <laughs> Here's how this works. It's the quarterback cesspool challenge. We each can only pick a quarterback one time. So once you burn your Baker Mayfield or your Josh Allen, that's it for you. You can't pick them the rest of the year. Pickens are getting slim here, man. I don't know. There's still some. It depends. Maybe they are for you. They are for me. A lot of quarterbacks have changed, though. We all have to pick different quarterbacks as well. Yep. And so we draft in reverse order of last week's standings. Yep. And so I believe that means for the first time this season, I go first, right? Yes. And uh, I'm just going to spin the wheel of Allens in the NFL here. (laughs) And I will land on Brandon Allen. Is he? A, who's starting? By the way, Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen, right? Yeah, okay. Thanks start. for the help there. Oh, you didn't I didn't know we were supposed to sell him. <laughs> Thanks, Judge. But I'd take the fifty. Uh, if you pick a quarterback yeah, that doesn't get play, 50. you get a, you get a default fifty. I'm going to take Brandon Allen against the Minnesota Vikings defense at U.S. Bank Stadium. Good luck to you. If I can't win this week with those circumstances, then I'm not going to win all year. I so, thought about it, but it's been so easy to throw on the Vikings. I think that's a bad pick, buddy, but that's your pick. We'll see. I'm just locked in. Go my next? Bank Stadium. Yeah, that means yes, uh, Judd, Rami, and then Jonathan. I am going to uh, do my drafting off of Jonathan Harrison then and take Ryan you Finley, a... who's playing at Oakland. Oakland, not as bad as I thought. Ryan Finley, probably worse than we thought, so <laughs> he's my pick. Uh, over to Rami here. I'm debating between two guys, and two guys who are actually have track records as pretty good quarterbacks, and it's Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. Both have some tough matchups this week, and neither has been as good as build coming into the season. Well, you're getting into the established guys. I know. The high I know. That's guys. what I'm saying. Oh, you're, oh, you're passing over. Getting oh, to slim I don't want to say nothing. I don't want to say nothing. Am I passing over him, or am I saving him for later, Judd? Oh, I'm just saying mm-hmm. that there's a couple guys starting who I would might be jumping on, but I can't say too much. I don't know if Rami has the guts to pick one of these wow. guys. Wow. Oh, you're going to challenge me? Mm-hmm. Well, then, I have to. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm, give me Carson Wentz. I'm gonna go with Carson Wentz. All right, Jonathan Harrison. All right, just putting that in. Uh, let's see here. You giving me three options? I'm gonna go. Boy, this guy's on the board for you too. If you want, yeah. There's a couple of guys on the board right now that I just gotta make sure I have really this wish hadn't fallen to Jonathan because he's getting lucky this year. I'm going to go with Mitchell Trubisky against go. the Rams defense. Yeah, it's very easy. I knew, easy Ram, pick. I knew Rami would never pick Mitchell Trubisky. But oh, I would. That's, and I will. We just left, me included, Jeff Driscoll out there. Yeah, I was going to. I was looking we that We left up. Dwayne Haskins, although he's I playing the I wasn't sure Jets. if it's going to be Driscoll. Yeah, there's still some question whether Stafford would play, he's and not, I wasn't he, willing to he, take that 50. Not, By the way, Dwayne Haskins is going to play. He's Don't the starter that. all year, so yeah. you got you oh, got a bunch of time. Jeff I mean, Driscoll, though. Dwayne Haskins, if you got all year to pick him, he's home against the Jets. This is probably going to be a soft spot for him. But Did you see him try and play? That's true. <laughs> it looks like me playing quarterback. It's not pretty. Yeah. So there it is, the quarterback cesspool challenge here. Can I ask uh, you I something, Judd? Do we have a minute real quick? Oh, you just, yeah, for you sure. just brought something to mind. So yesterday, Declan, in response to my basketball video, the artistry that was my basketball video and the the shooting clinic I put on. I commended you for that. He he tweeted me a gif of your athlete challenge. Yep. Were you were you putting that on for comedic effect, or have you never shot a basketball before? You know, I exactly was. I haven't shot a basketball in so long. Or did it slip out of your hand? The one it was raining. And that's what that's what Jesus. I noticed. I'm legitimately it was, I'm, it was raining pretty hard that day. I'm legitimately asking you right now because I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt. The yeah. shot that I saw you shoot in this, gif. I started to heave it up because I realized that I hadn't shot a basketball in probably 
12 to 15 years. And so I've got no form left this to, to shoot. And then it was raining and I was miserable. And then I decided, you know what, I'll just heave the ball. Both your form and the results. I mean, there was no form, really. It's not a form. It looked I was like just heaving it up. It looked like a like chest a pass shot. to somebody standing under the hoop who was not standing under the hoop. That's, that's, oh, that, what, that's what it looked like. You know what? Like. That one slipped. <laughs> okay. But the, right. but the ones where I'm, I'm heaving hook shots are legitimate. All right. I mean, they're basically hook shots. They're Abdul Jabbar, Circus 72. I love how one shot into, into Judd's Athlete Challenge, a 27 shot challenge. You aborted the two-handed form after one shot for the yeah. one-armed. You know what? If I had been if I had been in a gym, I might have tried more and been like, "Let's shut the camera off," and I'm I'm going to work on this. But Collar and I went to a park in St. Louis Park, and it was raining and it was fall, and I'm like, you know what? Or springtime. I'm sorry. I was like, you know what? Forget about it. I'll just heave the shots. You Plus, just, it made for it made for more. Oh, here fun. I just found it. It made for more fun. Have you seen this GIF? This is amazing. I've seen the whole video yeah, a hundred times. Yeah, it's these amazing. Poor people, <laughs> these poor people have seen it. That's just great. That slipped. It's not my fault. Okay. All right. right. I was hoping it did. I really was. That was... Yeah. I feel like you got to get the legs more into it. There. <laughs> you know? My legs are cold, though. Well, why are I was you wearing unca- shorts outside? I was unca- because we decided to do it, it at the was, last second. It was second. June, actually, wasn't it? Was, it, it, was, was, it, was, it was May or June. It was June. It was June. It was uncomfortable, and I got cold. So soon, Rami versus Judd in a game of pig or something, oh, or just one on one. First one to two points. I, I gotta get in shape game. before I do anything athletic. Okay, what do you mean first one to two points? My jump shot was nice. My jump shot was good. I am quite pleased with my it was, jump it shot. It wasn't bad. Thank you. It wasn't how bad. proud of myself. I am proud, dude. I literally don't remember the last time I shot a basketball before I went to that gym on Tuesday. I think yesterday you had a different term for your jump shot. Oh, it was wet though, it was man. Wet. Splish splash. That's Jonathan. what all the Steph Curry say. Exactly. I'm not going near so that one. I've already had a slip term. up on air this week. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Mackie and Judd with Rami, Score North and the Score North app. And we will wrap with Royce when we come back here after we talk about these glorious TCL TVs that are hanging out in our studio, the TCL studios. Uh, I know we, we just had someone uh, send over their living room setup via Twitter today. We love when you send the videos and the pictures of your TCL TV setups or your TCL Alto soundbar setups. My girlfriend said she's room. been uh, breaking down my attempt at a slam dunk on the TV with her parents. They pulled the video up on the TV? On the TV, yes. Wow. Running it on, running it on re, like on a loop. Like and, coach's film, yes, basically. Yes, exactly. Try to figure out just exactly, Rewind, go forward. Just exactly what the hell I'm trying to do there. Yeah, And see, that's the beauty of these TVs. They're connected TVs, built-in Roku device, and you got 5,000-plus streaming channels. Plus, you're a cord cutter, right, Rami? I am. So, YouTube TV is my thing. And YouTube TV, uh, whatever whatever it is that whatever it is that you would subscribe to or whatever. Also got a uh, Disney Plus login, big time. Yes, sir. Big time. Is yeah. it working? Oh. A lot of people are complaining about it, but it wouldn't be the TCL TV's fault. No, it's, it's working, not working for sure. Okay. Yeah. You can find TCL TVs at any major retailer in the Twin Cities, or go to tclusa.com. Jonathan here with the Score North download. This one brought to you by AutoZone. The Score North podcast network consists of more than a dozen shows from Purple Daily and Raised by Wolves to The Scoop with Doogie and Royce Unchained. You can find a full list of these Minnesota sports podcasts over at scorenorth.com, the free Score North mobile app, or just search Score North, S-K-O-R North. Anywhere you find your podcast, news today, Jake Odorizzi signing his qualifying offer. Where should the Twins look next? Twins fans, let us know over at Score North on Twitter at SKORNorth on Twitter. Are you in search of a car battery that won't let you down even in the lowest temperatures? 
AutoZone has you covered. They have the proven tough Duralast batteries you need to plow through winter. They're tested in the most extreme conditions, so you can count on them to deliver when you need it most. Just visit AutoZone.com to learn more. That's been your Score North Download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. Thank you, Jonathan. Now, Patrick, if somebody offered you $17.8 million to do some work for a year, you'd probably, probably say yes to that. Like Jake Odorizzi did today. Yeah. I think that was a very bright decision by Jake because he's now got that in his back pocket to negotiate a long-term deal. Uh, you can either pay me seventeen eight or give me 45 for three. What do you want to do here, guys? Something like that, don't you think? Yeah, or the, or maybe the... The likely scenario is he just pitches for the Twins for one year, seventeen point eight million, yep, and seventeen point eight, yeah. Because there's, if you're thirty and pretty good, you know, even though he made the All Star team, he's pretty good. That's, uh, you know, three on a scale of five, three and a half on a scale of five. Uh, you, you're, you could either sign the seventeen point eight or still be looking for a deal in June. So I think he made a very good decision, don't you? Yes. Yeah. Very smart one. Absolutely. How, how about yeah, Will Smith yeah. to the Braves? Three years at what? Thirty-nine mil, Patrick. Wow. And what do they? Uh, what do they have to give up? To one or two? They got to be first round or second. I think round? it's a two. I think it's a two. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm not let. I. I have no problem. They got Taylor Rogers. They don't need Will Smith. They need other issues, as I've said before. They need a. Now they got to get a starting pitcher, and uh, I don't know uh, where they're going to go to get that. One, one through trade and one through free agency, right? So you're saying they what need to add for, two, yes. start, two starting pitchers. Yes. Two starters. Correct. What, what can you get for Eddie? And one of them can't be big, fat Michael Padena, who uh, basically ruined your old franchise last year. Yeah, you just forgot so, to uh, tell him that that's something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway, what, uh, what, what can they get for Eddie? Can they get a number four starter for Eddie? And this is what I told these guys yesterday. I would, I would think a little – I would go creative with it and – I think I would trade Eddie for prospects, and then I would trade prospects for John Gray. Effectively trading Eddie Rosario for John Gray. Okay. All right. Is that, uh, where is he, Cleveland? Uh, Cincinnati? Uh, Colorado. Where is Colorado? Okay. All right. Yeah. Anybody who's pitching in Colorado, even in modern times, you can take a run off their ERA. So, yeah, nice. he's pretty good. Do they, is the word out they want to get rid of him? Yeah. Actually, John Morosi was reporting yesterday on Twitter that uh, the Rockies are open for business and that some number of teams had reached out to, uh, to them about John Gray. So he's, he throws his average fastball is like 97. Um, and he's a number three overall pick from five years ago. And my guess is the Rockies probably aren't maximizing him. So and he's got two more years left. So he's an interesting one. Say, I saw a very heartbreaking thing today down in uh, Fort Myers. I actually tweeted it out. Perry's Hill is gone. Oh, the mound. Uh, you know, the the uh, <laughs> Mount Perry. Mount Perry has been uh, is being removed. Uh, now, I did not. Uh, I don't think they're building a higher one. It looks like they're getting rid of the uh, of the dirt. And uh, you know, we don't believe in overextending our players out here. We don't want to have them get too worn oh, out wow. up that hill, right? Pat, this yeah. is a th- this is a lot of work. We've got what? Yeah. Oh, oh, they got two bulldozers. They got two. Scoopers or whatever the hell they are. I'm not real big on uh, machinery. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're called scoopers. Yeah, uh, they're good. At, you know, whatever the hell they are. They're down the hill. Industrial scoopers. Down yeah. the hill. That's, yes. 
That looks to be like the uh, number one improvement. Who knows? They could be put in another field here. They only got six. We need a couple of more here, don't we? I was over there today to watch the uh, some of the, the uh, Minneapolis or the Minnesota team, the Saints, the seventy plus team uh, playing in the room. Because I got a uh, Pat Thompson who used to work with me at uh, St. Paul Papers and that team. And uh, you guys know George Blackwell, the. Uh, the guy who's one of the scorers for the Timberwolves. Uh, you know George. Have you met, have seen, met him in the press room there? I have He's not. the manager of this team. So Okay. Uh, Wait, so you're saying these are 70-plus-year-old people playing baseball? Playing baseball, and they shortstop a guy named Timber, Tom Mackey. He's got to be the best 70-year-old shortstop in America. He made every play. He got them out. They were, uh, I think they won. They were, I left after about six innings, but they were ahead 7-1. But they actually had... You know, this is like seeing a one-two-three heading in uh, in uh, coach's pitch. You know, they, there were several one-two-three headings. I was very surprised, but it is it is a lot like watching the Twins, one base at a time. None of that steals and stuff like that. It's one base at a time. Station to station what baseball. Huh? Yeah, what needs to happen for you to, to for you to sneak in for a yeah. pinch at appearance in that DH, game? Maybe. <laughs> I got a bad knee. I'm not going to do that. I'm sure you've had a bad knee for a long time, Pat. I'm sure you're the only one in that game that has a bad knee, by the way. (laughs) Well, uh, you know, they were. You know, Tink, you know, Tink Larson from Waseca. Yeah. Tink got in a car accident this year and damn near killed himself two years after damn near killing himself in a motorcycle accident. Got a new hip. Broke all these bones, like in June. He's playing first base today. Made a couple of plays with a new hip. So amazing. There you go. See, uh, Pat, have that. you ever seen a turnaround quite like the one we're witnessing with Andrew Wiggins in these first eleven games? Uh, it is pretty phenomenal, and uh, this is what my guy Tip saw when he uh, signed him to that long term. <laughs> you guys all were bad mouthing. You guys were all. They might have gotten him cheap at one. What is it? One forty-eight? Is it one forty-eight? Yeah. Is that what they paid him? Yeah, I think that's right. I don't know. I don't know what. You know what's amazed me? He can dribble. We never thought he could. The big complaint was he couldn't dribble, yeah. right? Yeah. He just breezed into the basket. What the hell's going? Who taught him to dribble? I think I think someone told him, "Hey, man, when you dribble, you don't have to. The ball doesn't have to bounce up by your chin. Okay, just, just <laughs> down down by your you ankles." Part of the part of the idea of dribbling is not looking at it. Right? That's the part I struggle with, Pat. Yeah, it, it is the uh, it is amazing the uh, the uh, way he's uh, getting the basket and dribbling because everybody always said, "Well, you know, he's athletic enough to get to the basket, but he can't dribble." So that was always uh, Wally Zerbiak's thing. You guys ever remember watching Wally Zerbiak try to go behind the back? Where he, yeah, he, he'd go behind the back and then he'd stop, turn around, and like look for the ball. <laughs> Same thing. I, I lost it. <laughs> I've always felt that was an important ingredient uh, in the game in the game of basketball. That's uh, dribbling. So, uh, yeah, it is astounding. I mean, he's the reason they're what seven and four, whatever it is. Yeah, eight and four, seven and four, seven and four. He's our best player right now, and that's a team that's got cat on it. So, if this can continue, my goodness, how bad! I didn't get to see the game. How bad the Spurs look? Do they? Do they? I mean, they got Aldridge and DeRozan. What else? They got anything else? Not much. No. Not yeah, really. uh, Rudy Gay. I mean, they're Patty oh, yeah, Mills. Man, easy. They're uh, they're not going to. There's another uh, non-playoff team that the uh, Timberwolves yeah. might be able to finish ahead of. So you got 
Boy, that uh, that Golden State Lakers game that ESPN was so badly uh, waiting for didn't quite work out like they'd hoped. Uh, <laughs> as far as the big contest last night, Steve Kerr. I, 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 do we? We don't happen to have audio of the Steve of Steve Kerr from last night, do we? I I saw a. Cl- oh, was he good? I saw a clip. Uh, George Sedano was doing the between quarters interview with Steve Kerr. And, oh, I saw this. And yeah. the question was like, uh, Coach, it looks like. Coach, uh, you know, looks like you know defense was kind of a challenge there for you. You know, what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you do to stop, or what do you do to change the, you know, the defensive whatever in the fourth quarter? And he said, I don't know. Do you have any answers? <laughs> and, George, and George Sedano goes, uh, That's not what I get paid to do. You get paid to do that. And he's like, Well, I'm not doing a very good job. Like, I mean, Steve Kerr has such a free pass this year. If not, oh, God. if not, just it's a complete there. green light to well, just happy. lose games. He's just happy. lose a bunch of games. He's delighted. Yeah. Don't need to win. Well, and, uh, you know, the best part about this is not only, uh, you know, are you going to get a nice lottery pick, maybe with a lot of pink balls, you, balls, you might win 24 games, but you might find three guys who can be your sixth, seventh, and eighth men, right? Uh, you yes. know, seventh and eighth, and that might give you a little depth, these guys who are playing a lot. That one guy, Pascal, or whatever his name is, he looks like he might be able to be a bench player for you and uh but boy they got some dummies wow just just from watching they almost beat the wolves pat that was the amazing thing they got some dumb well the wolves took the night off but don't they uh i mean they got some dummies they just do some stupid things and that's what that that's what's amazing and in the nba you can tell the guys who know what they're doing from the guys who don't all right sir Thank you, Patrick. We'll see you tomorrow, we'll Pat. talk to you tomorrow. All right, gentlemen. Uh, it's supposed to rain here tomorrow. So oh, we'll oh, no. My de- I'm going to have to put up All the right. convertible. My deepest condolences. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, I hope you so recall what here. button to hit. <laughs> Bye. Wrap it with Royce. You can find Pat's, if people don't know, uh, Royce Unchained is available via podcast on the Score North app if you want. Yeah, we're going to. Royce in long form. Yep. We're going to record another episode on Monday or Tuesday this week. And uh, Royce on baseball is in full swing too. That's going to happen throughout the entire off season. That's Monday nights, correct? Yep, Monday nights, and you can find that too. So, a lot of uh, a lot of Patrick Royce. If you're interested, or if you just want to avoid him, you can. Those are the places you can avoid. It's great. I thought you were going to say if you're into that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Again, unchained after dark. <laughs> what sort of thing would that be? <laughs> find out. Six o'clock on Mondays and Tuesdays. It's unchained. You never Royce. know. Yeah, you never know what's going to totally happen. Totally off the chain. I'm, I'm there. Completely and totally Every off the chain. Every episode, I can tell you right now, we don't know what's going to happen. Unhinged. It's Patrick. Patrick at his best. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, I don't know. I mean, I'm watching the Wolves last night. I know that it, it feels very much like when they were turning the corner in the mid to late 90s, and they weren't going to beat the three best teams in the NBA. They might sneak a win against the Bulls or something, but... But I think they're going to be there. There's like 10 teams that they're just going to beat this season multiple Danny, times. Danny said today on Score North Live, weekdays, noon to two on 1500, scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app, that 538 is giving the Wolves, I think he said, a 75% chance to make the playoffs. Yeah. Well, think about this. We're so caught in Andrew Wiggins' is bad mode, mm-hmm. and this is a shock to the system. I mean, for not us. anymore. Not sports stepdad. Mm-mm. Yeah. That's Positivity. Just- 
Optimistic mm-hmm. sports stepdad. That's just beaming. great. Yep. Yeah. Beaming. Guy comes around, takes the kids uh, to the amusement park, gives them candy, and then he leaves me with them, and I got to pick up the pieces. Sorry to bring them back happy? I got to pick up the pieces. <laughs> what do you want from They're me? They're bouncing off the walls. I'm trying to be civil. And then with I you. have to teach them lessons about the birds and the bees, I'm about sports to be birds civil and bees. With you. I'm trying to be inclusive nope. and everybody a part of this. So far, you're not we doing a great job, fight. Paul Reiser. We don't have to fight. Paul Reiser. My two dads, you're not doing a great job. <laughs> Greg Evgen's doing a lot of work here. <laughs> My two dads, I didn't think anybody else remembered that. Rachel. Dick Butkins was the guy who worked in the diner <laughs> that they all went yeah, to. Downstairs, yes, he was. There's a little pop culture for you. Write that down tomorrow. I'll take it. I, I'm good with that, too. I'll, I'll just take it. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 2. I could see beyond the Black Hills and the way they called for exploration. I could feel the air, the way it paints against skin and fills hungry lungs. I could hear the way the water ran for miles and the way the bison grazed. The way our boots meet the earth as we step past expected. I could imagine my time in South Dakota, and I wish to go back. Because there's so much South Dakota, so little time. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup, so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.